Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Views on View. I am your host, Lindsay Wardell. With me today is Steve Edwards. Hello from Portland. Austin Gill. Hey, from San Diego. And our special guest today is Tiago Alves. Hello from Portugal. How are you doing today, Tiago? I am fine, thank you. Uh, This lockdown hasn't changed my daily routine much because I was working from home anyway. So trying to keep my sanity and just pushing on with my projects, with the stuff I have to do. But overall, I'm fine, thank you. And how are you guys? Good, I'm in the same boat as you in that I've been working from home for 11 years now. It's the only change is really who's home here with me, <laughs> not so much as where I am. Yeah, everything's yeah. working remote, which is good for, or like, we're fine for me. My team is not used to working remote, so that's been interesting, but overall, doing well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, my, my four-year-old does not understand the concept of me working from home and being on Zoom or Skype or anything. So she'll come up in the middle of a meeting and start talking to everybody and trying to show off her toys on camera. So it's been fun. It's an interesting challenge. One of the most popular pairings for Vue on the front end is Laravel or PHP on the back end. If you're setting up and running a PHP app, then why hassle with all the back end config? Instead, count on Cloudways. Cloudways provides a solution that will have you up and running quickly. They offer exceptional performance and reliability and 24-7 support. So your website or your web app which is probably crucial to your business, will run in an environment designed for it. Go run it on Cloudways. If you use the code DEVCHAT, you'll get 30% off for three months. So, Tiago, if you wouldn't mind, before we dive into our topic today, would you mind introducing yourself a little bit and how you got to where you are? Okay, so I am Tiago Alves. I am a Portuguese guy living in Portugal. I got into Vue a few years ago because I was a Laravel developer and the Laravel community and as you may know, adopt Vue pretty soon. So I I was kind of on that boat and I was very interested in, in Vue. At the time I was working in another company in, in Brazil and we and we had this mobile application built with Ionic, so AngularJS and on, on top of um, Cordova. And we were not happy with performance. So I was looking for an alternative. And also because I was so in love with Vue, I was looking for a mobile alternative for with Vue. So after some experiments, I landed with uh, NativeScript Vue, which was kind of also starting at the time. And yeah, I got very, very interested in this technology. I got involved in the community. And uh, so... Uh, I am here and now I am a full-time developer in NativeScript view. So I am very happy with uh, how things are. I, right now I am working on an IRC client for mobile uh, devices for Android and iOS. And it's being built in the NativeScript view. And that's kind of my dream job with my favorite technology. So you said you work for IRC.com, which is sort of near and dear to my heart. So I want to talk about them, just your company overall and, and what you're doing. Just because when I first got into open source back in you know the mid, about 2006, 2007, around there, in particular in the Drupal community, IRC was the main way that everybody communicated. 
the Drupal world had a number of different IRC chat rooms that were out there. And that's where all a lot of the conversations took place. So just out of curiosity, can you elaborate a little bit on what your company's doing and to improve IRC and maybe how what you're doing fits into that? Okay, so basically we are bringing IRC to the 21st century and implementing features on top of IRC, implementing features that are kind of basic with uh, every other chat application. So right now people kind of have the expectation that uh, even if you close the application, you can see the conversation that goes in the background. And when you open the application again, you, you will see that backlog. Other things like avatars and um, push notifications, these are all things that IRC doesn't implement by itself, but IRC is, is kind of an uh, extendable protocol, so we can implement all these features on top of IRC. So it's, it's kind of a struggle to keep everything backwards compatible, So, but that's what you, we are trying to do. If you use our client, you get all these new features, but underneath you have plain old IRC with all the good things about it. You know, people have bots, people built clients, are used to use IRC, and they can use that as well. So my company right now has kind of a, a two parts of the business. One is the open source, where we are trying to, to make all these tools uh, open source, but also like a business where companies can cre create their own private IR IRC networks to use internally and as an alternative for Slack and other things that kind of grab your data and, and whatever, you can have your private IRC network. So that's what we are doing, yeah, basically. Cool, so basically you're working on developing, if I understand correctly, the clients that sit on top of the IRC network that uh, the users will use to interact and chat, correct? Yes, yes. Perfect. I just wanted to jump in and, and check, like, we didn't, I don't know if we should go over IRC, like, what is IRC? I don't know if we really jumped into that, or, I mean, I know this is, you know, the conversation today is more around native script view, but as we've gone down this, maybe we can explain a little bit to those folks that are not familiar what IRC actually is. My understanding, so IRC stands for Internet Relay Chat. I'm literally looking at uh, a browser or a, you know, uh, a definition online somewhere, but basically like text-based communication via like some internet protocol, right? And this is going to be different than like WebSockets, for example. Like this is a uh, real-time live communication usually used for chat, but it's different. Like the only thing I can think of that I've implemented that's similar is like WebSockets. So this is different, right? Can you maybe explain talk to how those are different, maybe some of the challenges and benefits? Uh, of IRC? Yeah. So, yeah, IRC is a pretty old protocol, so it has been evolving a bit, but evolution is kind of slow because uh, the open source community uh, sometimes, you know, has lots of concerns and keeping things the way they are uh, is uh, sometimes their main concern. But yeah, IRC is very basic. It's just like messages going from a client to a server and uh, it's, it's for real-time 
chat applications. So when you log off, you don't see the rest of the conversation that that goes uh, in a channel and yeah, other things like that. You, you mentioned that you were building a mobile application using Vue. In a previous episode, we interviewed somebody who was talking about using Cordova or Cordova to build their mobile applications. What is NativeScript Vue? How does that fit in? Okay, so NativeScript Vue is kind of a layer that allows you to, to write, to use Vue to write native, native script applications. And NativeScript is a framework that, that doesn't, does not use uh, like a web view, like Cordova. Cordova is basically a, a browser that runs your uh, application using HTML, JavaScript, CSS, and all that. But NativeScript is kind of different because you develop, with, you develop it with a JavaScript and some sort of HTML. It's not HTML and some sort of CSS, but it's not quite CSS. But NativeScript grabs that code and renders native components. So your application is not running on top of a browser or a web view. It's running on top of, of the hardware using the native APIs directly. So that's the main difference. And it's kind of more similar to React Native in that way, uh, because the application runs using native components and not uh, web components on top of a web view. So that's the main difference to, to, to Cordova. Of course, that in the end, the result is that the app will be more performance. So performance will, will improve, especially UI stuff. Everything will, will feel much more fluid. And also your application, I think it will respect the native platform much more closely. Because uh, when you are implementing uh, a Cordova application, maybe you will implement your UI that will be the same for Android and iOS, and it's not always the case. So iOS has its own UI styling, and Android has a different uh, set of, of styles, and they are different platforms. So that's the main difference to something like Cordova. I just wanted to like, yeah, explore kind of the, the pros and cons here, right? Because basically, I'm getting a lot out of compiling down to the native the native UI elements, but I'm also kind of losing a lot in that I'm not writing, it's not actually like compiling down to HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, like what I would have in Cordova and have like in the browser. So it's not like I, I'm not writing cross-platform code that's going to be able to run in the browser and natively, but the benefit that I get is... Uh, much better performance, really, right? The code go to write it in the script is, is, is cross-platform because it, has the, uh, it runs on Android and iOS. So you don't have to use two sets of, of code because uh, there's a match of your uh, components and your UI on Android and uh, iOS. So you have only one code base to run on both both platforms. Uh, of course, you can always 
dig into the native APIs for Android and iOS. And if you need to do something specific for each platform, you can do that very easily with a native script. Yeah, I, I think I think I misspoke when I said cross-platform. And I, I appreciate your clarification that it, it is, in fact, cross-platform across operating systems. But I guess what I meant was my web code, if I, if I create a, a web application in Vue, I can't necessarily put that, like just plug in native script and have the same application for my Android app. Yeah, no, no. The code will be very different. For instance, in my current project, I am porting a Vue application that already exists for the browser. And I, I had to rewrite every part of the user interface using the native script because components will will be different we'll have like different names css there are uh, custom properties that uh, are specific for native script and there are lots of things that are actually different so like the the entire view layer of the application had to be rewritten that sounds like a lot of work yeah, but you also get the benefit of having an application that's much that feels more native. So, well, it depends on your requirements. So, if you are okay with the the performance that the web view gives you, okay, sure, go with that. Maybe it will be best. But if you want an application that's closer to the native feel, I think native script is still a very good option for, for that. Yeah, yeah, good good native feel, but also, I mean, I don't know, my, my opinion would be that the, the performance gains would be uh, the, the, the bigger selling point, but do you have any advice uh, or are there any tips or tricks for either writing a web application so that it, like, to future-proof it to be easy to port over to native script or any tips and tricks for folks that have a web app that they want to transform into native script? Like, is there kind of a, anything that you learn to make that transition easier? Yeah, sure. Well, the main thing is to try to separate your uh, view layer of your application from everything else. So try not to mix, try not to put too much logic in your view, view components. And uh, instead, try to put, you know, the business logic has, uh, some people say, call it, in separate files, like in, in libraries, and all that, uh, and you can reuse all that. For, for instance, you could you can even uh, reuse your Vuex stores. So if you have all that, if you are using Vuex, if you are using Vuex, maybe most of your application logic will land on actions, or 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 at least a big part of it will land on actions, and probably most of your application will revolve on Vuex, and uh, you can reuse that all that uh, when you write your native script application with native script view. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. So for native script to use the the native APIs for a given operating system, uh, that has to be built in to the native script libraries, right? So obviously you support iOS, Android. Are there any other mobile platforms that are supported by native script and native script view other than those two? 
Well, currently there are no other mobile platforms, at, at least with some visibility, but there are plans to make like desktop applications for Windows and 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 Mac. There are actually some prototypes that people are using native scripts to to render desktop applications as well. So that's cool. Cool. Okay. Or maybe I did not understand your question because Android and iOS, I think it's very close to 100% of the mobile devices right now. Yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I'm, I haven't looked at numbers in terms of operating systems for mobile devices. I'm thinking back to days like when there was Blackberries, and usually there's other operating systems that are out there. They're just not, you know, part. They don't have the dominant market share that those two. So I was just curious about other mobile operating systems that might be supported. Yeah, but people are using native script, the, the native script rendering system, and implementing all those new platforms. And so if a new one came up, I think it would be pretty fast for native scripts to support it. That's my feeling right now. Yeah, that would make sense considering we already have other implementations to build off of in terms of experience and so on. Yes. So native script and native script view, that's, this, this feels a lot like when I was studying Xamarin. I was a, it was a single platform that I was able to deploy to multiple targets. Does that, does that sound accurate at, at that level? Yes, it's kind of similar. I don't have an experience with Xamarin. I, I only read some documentation. No, that's, that, it. that's fine. Yeah, I, I was just I trying, to, is, trying uh, to get it in my head. Yeah, so, it's kind of in the, same, in the same space, yes. Okay. So I remember with Xamarin, especially with the, the components to get certain list elements working properly in both Android and iOS, there were some workarounds that you had to do to get it to look and function the same in both iOS and Android. And similarly, there was some extra functionality in iOS that Android just didn't have that you then needed to code for. Is there is there something similar in NativeScript where you have to handle iOS differently from Android, kind of do some if-then checks? Well... Uh, you have especially when the platforms are different. So, for instance, keyboard management. Android and iOS do things completely different. And so if you want to do something fancy with a keyboard, or, or maybe n- not that fancy, uh, but uh, if you want to do something that feels really good on Android and iOS, maybe you will have to dive into the native APIs and write a bit of of uh, specific code for iOS or um, Android. Mostly iOS because Android is is very easy uh, the way that it it manages the keyboard. Because when the keyboard shows up, Android basically shrinks your uh, application space and it's done. But with uh, iOS, you have all that you know. When you scroll, sometimes the content goes behind uh, the keyboard with a small shade, like uh, a blur. So you can do that all that with native scripts, but you have to dive into the native APIs to do that, to do that because that's very specific for uh, iOS. But uh, that's kind of the only big uh, example that I can think of because mostly all components work pretty well for both platforms out of the box. So just 
only if you want to do something very different or very specific, you will have some problems because 99% of the times it will work fine on, on both platforms. Even things uh, complicated like list views. Okay. That's, that's really good to hear. That was one of the, the sticking points I had with Xamarin. Hey folks, do you love keeping track of what's going on in the Vue community? Maybe you're a little overwhelmed with all the new stuff. Well, don't be. Come join us at Vue Remote Conf. Vue Remote Conf is going to be a three-day online conference. We're actually going to have a fourth day the day before where we watch our favorite videos from Vue conferences over the last year. We'll also have talks from our favorite guests from around the Vue community, as well as our panelists from the Views on Vue podcast. So if you're out there looking for great Vue content that'll help you stay current with your web development skills, then come check us out at vueremoteconf.com. That's vueremoteconf.com. On the note of the native APIs, what is it like to use those? I know with uh, Cordova, you have to import an extra library and then uh, bring in all of this different functionality. What do you have to do in native script to use native APIs? Yeah, so this, I, I think it's the strongest sell, selling point of native script when comparing to, to Xamarin or even React Native. And that's because you can uh, just use the native APIs from your JavaScript. With React Native or um, Cordova, if you want to do something very specific with the native platform, you have to, to write plugin using the native, the native platform in Java for Android or Kotlin, or, and with Objective-C or Swift for iOS, and then build some sort of common API, and then ship that as a plugin. The same uh, with uh, React Native. But with uh, native script, you can, well, native script translates all the native APIs in runtime. So you can just use them from your JavaScript. And that's quite uh, amazing. All, all you have to do is do a, a conditional, like if is iOS, then I just, I just start writing Objective-C code translated to, to JavaScript, if you know what I mean. Like, native script translates, for instance, Objective-C objects to JavaScript objects. And integers and, flo and floats become, become numbers in, in JavaScript and does this translation in both ways. So it works for Android and iOS. And it's very easy to just dig into the native APIs. So anytime that I want to do something a little bit different, I can actually look uh, to the Android documentation or the iOS documentation. I see how it's done in the native platforms. And then I only have to translate that code to JavaScript. And... Um, it's kind of intuitive, you know, objects become objects, uh, things that are, are numbers become numbers, strings are strings. So you, you don't have to have like an iOS team and an Android team to build your plugins. You don't have to even open another uh, editor like Xcode or Android Studio. You just stay focused on your application and um, it works. That's awesome. Is there, I, I know you said that you haven't had to write any Java or Objective-C. Is there an escape hatch of some sort if you do need to write your own 
native code? Yes. So uh, you can import native uh, frameworks uh, on iOS. That's how those iOS packages are called. Uh, they are called frameworks. And, uh, and the same for Java. I can't remember how they are called. But yeah, you can import uh, libraries for iOS and Android and use them in your code. Okay, that's great. So if assuming you're just using the native APIs and everything just works, you're set. But if you have some custom code that you want to use that has to be in Java or Swift or Objective-C, you're able to bring that in. That's that's really good to hear. I like that. Yeah, that's uh, useful mostly for other libraries that already exist or even uh, native components that someone builds. You can just use them on your project um, without leaving uh, native script because for other things like small tweaks uh, on your code you can just use the native APIs from JavaScript directly and it works it also means that you have like uh, the native components like for instance buttons you have access to all the the button API on Android and iOS from JavaScript you can just you, you use them from, from from JavaScript. So anytime you're doing something like this where you're adding an API layer, a translation layer on top of, of something on the bottom, there's going to be, you know, there's work involved in doing the translation. So that's, your performance isn't going to be quite the same. I'm curious, is do you know of any measurements or have you done any measurements in performance of using something like this, a native script on top of the, core APIs versus just native applications themselves? Uh, I haven't. All I know is that it's pretty fast. Also, this is a difference between uh, native script and uh, React Native, for instance, is that uh, React Native, I think each call that you make to the native APIs, it's all asynchronous, but with native script, they are synchronous. So, And, and so far, they are very fast. Uh, I, I never had any problems with that, even with things like grabbing a native value and bringing it to view, then view does something reactive with that value and I push it again to the native to the native component and it's, it's very f- fast. And I, I, I don't have a measurement, but all I know it's probably fast enough. Can I ask, Tiago, have you looked are you and your team looked into what the future or what native script view looks like with the upcoming release of view three? Because I know one of the promises that the changes to the library will bring is uh, better cross-platform support to build things like native straight to native or even you know across the entire web or native experience have you have you and your team kind of uh, delved into that at all uh, sure since view 3 came out as alpha igor which who is the creator of native script view started working on the native script view using vue.js 3 it actually implies a complete rewrite of native script view because native script view uses lots of the internals of um, view and uh, as you said uh, the API for doing this kind of stuff 
on view three is completely different. It's actually uh, easier because um, it's more um, oriented and more to do these kind of uh, things. But yeah, it's being rewritten. I know that uh, it's being per it's been go going pretty well. So I think that native script view will be ready for native script for view three very soon after after view three released. It sounds like with the changes coming to view three, it's going to have a positive impact on the native script view team in terms of making the rewrite easier. But I'm wondering if the native script view team has mentioned any benefits that are going to come to the folks that are using the library, like yourself. I think every benefit that view three has over view two will be uh, visible on native script view because you know it, we will get to use the new API, the the composition API, and we will benefit from the the performance uh, improvements. So yeah, I think it will be great to use uh, native script view with view view three. Cool. What's the what's the learning curve like on getting started with native script and native script view, and just writing? Like I, I'm coming from a web background, and if I want to get started and I need to learn, you know, things the things that are different about creating native applications. I imagine there's different sort of template tags that that are not available like in the browser. They don't translate one to one. So, yeah, I would just say, like, the learning curve is with getting started. It's uh, not a, a very smooth curve. You, you actually have to learn a lot because uh, components uh, are different. You, you don't use uh, the same components that you use uh, on the web. You have to look to the set of components that NetBeastGrid has to offer and also their uh, attributes, the specific CS CSS, but also you have to think of about your application in a different way because there are fundamentally different uh, aspects um, when you are in the mobile world. So like, for instance, if you are used to think about routing on your web application, on the mobile, you don't actually have routing. You have navigation. And so it's kind of different. For instance, view router will not work because it's so different the, the, the native application from the mobile from the web application. Also, there is a big difference uh, in the way that you create your uh, user interface. NativeScript has a special set of components called layout components. There are several of them that allows you to put your components in um, a grid or in a stack or with absolute positions. And actually, I think that it's easier to, to create your UI and to place your, your components with native script than on the web. Even uh, if you use uh, Flexbox or, or, or things like that, it's, I think at some point I always have some trouble on the web to put like this div where I want it to. Uh, and on native script, I think it's easier because it's more clear what we are trying to do and how we are composing our layout. 
And yeah, I think those are the main things that you will have to learn because everything that's related to view itself, it will just work. You know, uh, single file components, they work the same. Vuex, if you use it, slots, dynamic components, events, everything works as you will expect. But you, you will have to think that you are now using native script components and not um, web components. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. So let's say I've been working on my application and I want to test it at this point. What do I need to do in order to actually run this code? Since obviously I can't run it just in my browser. Okay, so uh, you can use simulators to test your application. Um, Android, for Android and for iOS. These simulators come with uh, Xcode or Android, Android Studio. You can use, use those to uh, curate these simulators. But you can also use a real device and it's easy. Also, with NativeScript and the NativeScript view, you have live sync and hot module um, replacement. So you can uh, edit your code, save, and uh, you know, the application will change in almost real time, just a couple of seconds. So it, it makes a very easy development experience for, for that. And this works both for simulators or, or for real devices. And also there is a tool in native script called the playground. Uh, the playground is like code sandbox. So it's a web IDE and you can write your um, application there. Or I use it for, you know, for testing small bits of code or, uh, or things like that, or for sh sh sharing with other people. Then all you have to do is, is scan a QR code and you can see that uh, you can run that code on your device very fast. So it's it's a, a also a very good way to start playing with NativeScript view without having to install anything else uh, or setting your um, computer with uh, libraries or Xcode or Android Studio. You can just uh, use the playground. So yeah, those are my main tools for development. Also, you have um, Chrome DevTools support. So uh, you can uh, insert a breakpoint on your application and see and see your code and inspect the objects. I use it a lot for instance to inspect the native APIs because they are usually they are so big it's easier to actually see in in, in the browser than in the in, in the documentation. So yeah, all that works and that's what I use for development. Cool. I'll need to check out the playground just to see what that's like. Yeah, you you have to install a couple of applications on your phone, but after that, uh, all you have to do is scan a QR code and open the application. Okay, so it's kind of like Expo with React Native, right? In that regard, uh, probably. Yeah, uh, I think so. I I don't know much about it. I never tested tested it, but yeah, I think it's similar. Okay. Cool. And is there any any specific dev tools for debugging a view native or not a view native native script view application? Like is there anything built so that you can you can see what's happening in your application or do you just have to rely on Chrome dev tools for example? Yeah, uh, Chrome dev tools is is great. You can uh, debug your JavaScript, but also you you can use 
the view dev tools, you know, the standalone app, and you can use that to debug your uh, components and your Vuex state. Yeah, that also works. I forgot to mention it. Okay, so so if I wanted to use the Vue CLI GUI, would that be something that I could use then while I'm while I'm running a native script application? I don't think so because the way that you run and the application is a bit different. I don't think that you would have much benefit in using the CLI UI. Okay, so so stick to the, the native script tools as opposed to Vue CLI specific yes. stuff. Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. That sounds great. I am definitely going to check all this out. Do Does anybody else have any questions before we uh, wrap it up and go to picks? I got one. I know the Cordova community had a lot of plugins to make kind of developing an application on Cordova very fast, like, you know, fast development experience. How's the ecosystem and community around NativeScript and NativeScript view? So you also have plugins uh, for NativeScript and, and they all work with NativeScript view, or at least most of them will work with NativeScript view. And there are uh, like thousands of plugins out there. And so earlier when I, when I mentioned that you can dive into the native APIs to do something specific, uh, chances are that you don't actually ever going to need to do that because there are so many plugins and probably someone already did that for you and uh, built a nice API around that specific native thing that you want to do. So I, I would say that for uh, a big part of the applications out there uh, they will never uh, you'll never have to to write any native any native code because there is an extensive library uh, for for native script about the, the the community i think we are not very big but we are very solid like we are very friendly i think it's very easy to get help from even from uh, the native script core team members in the native in the native script committee Slack, it's very active, and if you go there, people will answer. Also, in in Stack Overflow, all questions are answered very f- f- fast. There are a couple of, of folks that are very fast answering questions on Stack Overflow, and in general, although. I don't think that the community is as big as the Cordova community or the React Native community, but you will not be left alone. I think someone will will help you if you need to. Awesome. Sounds cool. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, Tiago, for coming to spend some time with us and answer our questions. Okay. Thank you. Early in my career, I figured out which jobs were worth working at and which ones weren't, mostly by trial and error. I created a system that I use to find jobs and later contracts as a freelancer. If you're looking for a job or trying to figure out where you should go next, then check out my book, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. The book walks you through figuring out what you want, vetting companies that meet your criteria, meeting that company's employees, and getting them to recommend you for a job. Don't settle for whoever has listed their job on the job board. Go out and proactively find the job you'll love. Buy the book at devchat.tv jobbook. That's devchat.tv slash job book. Let's move on to picks. And for those new to the show, picks are things that we just like and we want to share with you. They could be tech-related. They could be not. We'll just go through those. 
And Steve, would you like to start off with your picks? Yeah, I'm going to I'll toot my own horn a little bit today along with Austin. So over this past week, I've been wrestling with issue that I needed to solve in my view app that combined uh, render functions along with icons and badges and beautify and slots and a few different pieces. So I was sort of banging my head against that for a while and Austin sort of walked me through a good resolution. So I blogged about it this morning and put up that post. So I got it on my own site and I'll put the link in the show notes and I'm going to put it on deb.2 as well. I had Side note, I had John Leader from Beautify look over it and, and he thought it looked good in terms of the content. So we interviewed him last week and so got to talk to him a little bit. So feel pretty good about it. So I'll drop that URL in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you. Tiago, do you have any picks for us? Uh, yeah, lately I have been playing with some woodworking and in in times of lockdown and and the quarantine, I think it's a good idea to have some sort of activity that will take you away from the computer, something that's more manual. And yeah, I picked woodworking, but there are lots of other uh, crafts that you can try. Most of them, they are not very hard to, to get started, and there are plenty of YouTube videos out there for anything that you want. So I'm into woodworking now. I, I am almost finishing my first project. I will post it uh, somewhere, maybe on Twitter. Yeah, it has been cool. So what kind of stuff do you work on? Are you working on like big stuff like tables or chairs or something like that or little whittling type uh, projects or what kind of stuff are you starting out with? Yeah, big stuff. I'm working on right now on a bench that's, that will also have uh, some drawers underneath. And all my other projects are also big uh, or the things that I, I, wa I want to do, like some cabinets and things like that. Cool. That sounds neat. Nice to, it's fun. It's always fun to make uh, stuff that you can use on a daily basis too. So that sounds like fun. Yeah. I'm excited to see the finished result now. Austin, what picks do you have for us today? Well, I have a pick. I'm going to pick this open source video conferencing tool called Jitsi. I've been using it with my friends and family to do like, we kind of do this whole group workout thing where, or it's like yoga and stuff, which is fun. We, we have like a screen share and then everyone's on this like tiled view. We can see everyone's faces and kind of makes, makes fools of ourselves in front of the camera, but that's fun. It works great. It's a, it's a good alternative to zoom, although we're using zoom now. But it's great because you don't need an account and there's nothing to download, which I love. So you can just get right in. It also supports streaming and recording, I believe, although I haven't personally tested those features. And my second pick is going to be a shameless self-promotion. I just released the latest version of Utensils. By the time that listeners are talking, I've probably have pushed a bunch of bug fixes, but latest version of utensils if you've never heard of it it's a cool component library that has like i'm calling them naked components because basically comes with no no css or like the very very minimal css of basically everything that comes out of the box looks like what you get from the the bare bones html styling but it provides it's focused on accessibility and providing the functionality that you need for components like 
dialogues or drawers or things like that. There's a whole bunch of, uh, there's a whole bunch of useful um, features in there, including components, directives, and filters. But the coolest thing that I just added, my favorite component is this form component that ties like basically uh, you can wrap it around any input element and give the, the native validation API stuff, the HTML, HTML5 validators on that input. And this form will provide validation based on all of the inputs in it. And it'll tell you, you know, is any input invalid or what's the sort of state or status of the form? It's really cool. I'm really proud of it and it's coming along. So, yeah. Awesome. I'm excited to try out the new Vutensils. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a long way to go. I have a lot of things to improve, but someone made a video about it. Oh, nice. Which is cool. Yeah, I was really excited about that. Ooh, we need those in the show notes then for yeah. that video. Yeah, it's almost a legitimate project. <laughs> <laughs> almost, but not quite. Cool. I have two picks as well. First is as of recording, yesterday was a meetup called Worldview. So the View Global Meetup happened yesterday, brought together a bunch of different local View meetups and put it, put it all into a Zoom call. I am hoping that they're going to do it again because it was really cool, had a lot of interesting talks. So I'll, link, I'll put a link to their Twitter page. It's just world underscore view. Hopefully if we poke them enough, get the announcement for next month. And my other pick is I've been, because of the quarantine, my, my mind has been trying to find its own, its own form of escape and it's settled on science fiction for some reason. And I discovered that if you go to sci-fi.com, you can watch the entirety of Battlestar Galactica, the, the reboot from 2004, watch it all for free uh, right now. So I have started going through that again. It's just fun. So I'll put a, make sure there's a link to the show in the show notes. And those are my two picks for the day. So Chiago, thank you once again for joining us. If anyone wants to reach out to you or has any questions, what's the best way to reach you? I am on Twitter at Tiago Reis Alves. And also, you can reach to me about NativeScript questions on the NativeScript community Slack. I am usually there. And yeah, I think it's the best way to, to get in touch. Awesome. Thank you. And if you want to reach out to any of our hosts, you can find me on Twitter at Yagabush. You can find Steve at Wonder95, and you can find Austin at Stegosource. And if you enjoyed this show, Views on View, and you'd like to find out more about us, you can find us at viewsonview.com or devchat.tv, where we have all of our other episodes and interviews. Hope you had a great time today listening to us. See you again next week. Adios. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.